Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So, in the past few days, there's been a triumph of plaintiff's injury lawyers that was all over the newspapers, and it's not couched as such, but that is truly what is happening. So the Boy Scouts of America, this sort of legendary group that, you know, was entrusted with young men to raise them and to teach them this, that, and the other thing, and be good boys, and Eagle Scouts have declared bankruptcy. And the reason for the bankruptcy is that decades of sexual abuse lawsuits are moving through the courts, and the Boy Scouts know that they will be unable to pay them. And that is essentially a concession, or them agreeing that their assets as a group are far outweighed by the judgments that are going to be coming or have already come down in the courts. So what does that mean? What it really means is that Decades of sexual abuse of Boy Scout boys who were entrusted to the organization by their parents are coming home to roost, and the group is conceding that it is going to have to pay for decades of sexual abuse by its scout leaders. So, you know, one, it's a triumph for plaintiff's lawyers who've been pursuing these cases through the courts. Two... It is a stark, stark example that in many situations, your chickens do come home to roost. If you're the Catholic Church, if you're the Boy Scouts, if you're not, you know, abiding by your moral responsibilities, particularly towards, you know, easily victimizable children, you're going to be held accountable. At some point, most likely, unless your name is Donald Trump. And even then, I think ultimately, his group will ultimately, his organization or his group of clowns will ultimately be a, uh, a shell of itself. But enough about the Donald. So what happened here with the Boy Scouts? Well, first of all, Very rarely do young boys come forward and tell their parents their parents are able to pursue something. So this is a a long history of, you know, teens and old, you know, mid-20s, maybe even mid-30s age men coming forward to say, yeah, I was sexually abused by this scout leader. And it wasn't just one, you know, bad apple and one bad troop. It was basically all across the country you know, essentially Boy Scout troops were being used by scout leaders to prey on young boys. You know, if you were interested, if you were a pedophile interested in sexually abusing young boys, what better way, what better place to go than the Boy Scouts? You know, because you couldn't be a Catholic priest for various reasons because you weren't Catholic or you weren't a priest. So, you know, what have we now found in retrospect? We've now found that, you know, Catholic priests preyed upon... Catholic young boys, non-Catholics preyed upon Boy Scouts. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's kind of what we've learned. 
and you know who goes out and holds them responsible it's lawyers like me though i don't do these boy scout sexual abuse cases because no one's asked me to do them you know it's it's lawyers doing what i do putting our money on the line pursuing you know unpalatable cases with you know real claims and real victims so you know but you can imagine just think about this for a second you're the first personal injury lawyer who's consulted 10 or 20 years ago about a case of boy scout sexual abuse what does the case look like when it <clears throat> when it comes into you it's a parent or it's a kid who's been in therapy for a while maybe it's a 20 year old who's been in therapy who says look you know, Boy Scout leader Joe abused me. And that's it. Is there a video of it? Nope. Is there audio recording of it? Nope. What's the most you can hope for in that situation as a lawyer before deciding to take the case or not? Because you don't really get much in the way of decision time to, to, you know, take a case at first blush. You can always turn a case down if you find that there's not enough evidence or the case is not going to be worth pursuing it for you as the lawyer or for the client. But what does the case initially look like? Look like It's someone saying, I have a complaint against the Boy Scout leader. And that's it. There's no other real evidence. What's the best evidence you could hope for? A recording. Is that going to exist? No. What's the second best evidence you could conceive of? Well, the second best evidence is, you know, maybe you've got, you know, you know that you know, Billy Bob in Troop, Scout Troop D in, you know, Downingtown was abusing this kid. So usually when people do this stuff, it's not just a one-off first time they did it. You know, usually when it comes to, you know, comes to light like this, it is something that has, at least in my mind, in my view, been occurring for a while before this and it will continue to occur after this until it stopped you know people don't just wander outside one day you know on a wednesday and said you know i'm gonna go abuse one of my cub scouts today this is something that's a problem for this person they've got a sexual abuse history that stretches back over time um you know the fact that it just comes to light in this situation doesn't really tell you about the full extent of the history so you're the lawyer you're sitting there all you have is this guy telling you this story, this client, potential client telling you this story about what happened 10 years ago. So the best thing you can hope for to circle back is that there are other members of either this kid's scout troop or, you know, just this scout leader who've been abused. Now, how are you going to prove that? How are you going to go about finding that? Well... You know, this is where it gets a little dicey. First of all, you know, this guy, your client, has to be willing to come forward and tell his story in public. That's not easy in these sexual assault cases. Two, you know, he's got to have a good memory. A lot of times people with these abuse histories end up in therapy. They're, you know, traumatized by this whole thing. Sometimes they are have turned to drugs to, to heal the wounds they've suffered. So they're not always like a perfect, you know, church-going person or whatever you want to say as your like your model citizen. Sometimes they're just not. But let's say, you know, you have the model citizen. Then they've got to find 
one or two or three other people in the troop, that would be per- your ideal situation, right? Three people to come forward and say, I was abused. Well, you know, but then you've got to convince two other people that who, who never came into your office, who never thought about this, to come forward. And that's, a, you know, three times as hard as doing it with one person. What, uh, what other things are there that help your case? Well, you know, how this person, how did your client ultimately reveal that they'd been abused? Was it in therapy? Did they tell one of their um, buddies that, you know, Billy Joe had touched them inappropriately? Um, were there sleepovers at the guy's house that you can verify? Did he, did, did your boy, like, outcry to, um, you know, a counselor or to a parent? Usually, you know, if someone is raped or abused, oftentimes they will cry out. We, you know, we call them an outcry witness. It's, you know, some random person who you say, oh my God, I was abused or I was raped. That's, to me, that's the outcry witness. So, you know, you have, maybe you have an outcry witness, but oftentimes, you know, the event that is seared into the mind of the victim is not as seared into the mind as the outcry witness and memories of location, time, place, what words were said and when change over time. So that's not a great witness, but it's better than nothing. So, you know, in a perfect world, as the lawyer, you're looking at this, you know, maybe there's something there. And, you know, one of the first things you got to do is decide if you're going to take the case or not, figure out if there's, you know, injury, you know, was the person injured, you know, psychiatrically, have they been to therapy, what's the effect been on their lives, so on and so forth. Are you going to find other troop members? At least you know the troop where this occurred, and maybe you know, and you know the person who did it. So, you know, one thing you can do, but you can't do this until you're in suit. That's the problem, is you don't have subpoena power usually until you're in suit. So you can't just send a subpoena if, before you filed a case. Um, you, in, you know, in Pennsylvania, you can ask for pre-litigation discovery, but it's uh, oftentimes denied by the courts, and you just have to go ahead and file your case and keep your fingers crossed. So let's say you do file your case just on behalf of your one client. What's the first thing you do? The first thing you do is you send a subpoena to the Boy Scouts of America saying, I want the names of every single person in that troop during the period of time that, you know, Jim Bob was... Uh, was the scout master or scout leader or, or involved. And then hopefully at some point they'll produce a list to you. The list may be, you know, from 20 years ago. Then you got to reach out to all these people and you got to send them a pretty disturbing letter saying, I represent someone who was sexually abused during your scouting period. Do you know anything about this? Are you willing to either talk about my client or talk about your own experience? You know, what's the yield? How many people are going to raise their hand? One, read your letter. Two, raise their hand and be willing to come in and tell you what happened. And, and three, maybe they weren't. You know, maybe you send out a list of, or send out a hundred letters. Ninety of them say, no, I have no idea. I can't believe you're saying such things. You're slandering the, the good name of this man. So, these are hard, these are hard cases to pursue. So, kudos to the lawyers who have pursued them and you know as for the Boy Scouts of America I think it will or it has already come out that they had a list of bad scout leaders and uh, 
you know, they should have acted far better than they did and certainly far better than they claimed for their moral compass. That's enough for today. That's Ask Andy. I hold people accountable.